You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Ken and I'm going to be your host today. And we're going to be engaging another menage a trois today with Neil, Matt, and Jeff in a three-for-all. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing all right. I'm uh, pretty tired. I went to bed at four and it's early right now, so I'm not sure if this is a dream or not. But uh, if it is, I'm uh, sorely uh, apologizing for not having any pants on. Well, Neil, keep sipping on that coffee and uh, I'm sure you'll be able to pull through. How are you guys doing? You know, surviving. About same. the same. Yeah. About the same. Everybody's uh, in a in a fugue state for my game today. <laughs> yeah. Well, as long as Neil's dream doesn't turn into my nightmare, I think we're all right. All right. Well, let's break down the rules. 20 questions and a variety of topics worth 10 points apiece and split into two rounds. At halftime, there will be a special swing round designed by me, the host. Players can rack up some extra points. At the end of regulation, players will enter the final round with the points they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. Or I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah. All right, if everybody's ready, we will get started with question one. And I apologize for the vague wording here, but i it's totally intentional, so listen up. Perfect. If you've just been defenestrated, what have you just been through? I am in. You said defenestrated? If you've just been defenestrated, what have you just been through? I feel like I'm being defenestrated right now, to be honest. Jeff's got a bit of a grin on his face because I think he knows what I was getting at here. Yeah, I have a, I have actually two answers, okay. and either are acceptable, and I yeah. will fight you if you don't allow them. All right, I'm, <laughs> I'm in with just kind of a you know, random guess. Yeah, if Jeff's grinning, I assume it's something I don't know, so I'm going to put an answer down. <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's uh, go ahead and start with Matt. I put, uh, based on that grin, something about a bank. Okay, let's... Uh... Move with uh, Neil. Uh, I just put, you've been through an invasion of some sort, like a war. All right, and Jeff, uh, you seem to know this one. Jokingly, I put Prague, but I actually responded window. Okay, yes. Uh, defenestration is being thrown through a window. Oh. Hmm. So where I made it sound like perhaps it was like a process or something you would undergo, it's actually you just go through a window. So depending on my score later, I might be defenestrated myself. Correct. <laughs> All right, and uh, moving on to question two. There's a rare and endangered subspecies of wild horse called Chevalsky's horse. 
What letter does the name Shavalsky begin with? Can you spell it for me? I cannot. <laughs> I will spell it after after the answers are. That was, that was good. <laughs> can you spell every letter but the first letter? Yeah. I, I can uh, give you give you all the other letters of the uh, the spelling if they, everybody agrees. I think they give us too many clues. I was hoping you would ask where the horse was from or native to because I definitely know that. It's uh, native to Mongolia. I'm I aware. Believe. Yes, a Mongolian horse. It is. Shavalsky. Obviously, Shavalsky is, Shavalsky. Uh, I believe, Russian or Polish. Okay, that helps a little bit. And you only need the first letter. Do you guys want the... Uh, is this in English or are you doing it in some other language? It's in, it's in English. <laughs> it's not in like Orthodox Russian and yeah. you didn't know what it's No, no, no. <laughs> no, I think we're good. We're good. Uh, all right, well, I'm, I, since everyone else is in, I'm either between... Uh, I think S is too easy... I think um, C is somewhat sounds somewhat Polish, but um, I don't think that's it is either. Um, so I'm leaning towards Z because of like Zivek beer or Zivek, however you say it, um, the Polish beer. Uh, X and yeah, basically between Z and X. So all right, I'm in. Okay, let's start with Jeff. Um, familiar with the horse, definitely seen this spelled out before but i can't quite remember um i don't know if your clue is relevant or not but from the sound and the fact that you thought it might be polish russian i thought it might be uh c maybe like a ch or cz okay so i went c what did you end up with uh, neil yeah I, I i saw it in my head as a cz but i just thought maybe it was too easy so i just went with z okay yeah man. and i was on the cz train so i said c okay it's a little trickier than that guys uh, though you were on the right path by choosing something uh kind of bizarre it's P R Z E W A L S K I. P no. is the correct answer. I disagree with that spelling. Wow. <laughs> I don't see how that is that at all. All right, moving on to a film question for number three. The film Cool Hand Luke famously features Luke Jackson's experience being in prison, finding himself at odds with the prison guards while building relationships with fellow prisoners. I want to know what crime is Luke? initially incarcerated for hmm. i will accept a g- general answer here there it can be more specific or more general i'll take the general answer you guys seen the movie anyone yeah i just can't remember so neil neil's the front runner on gotta, this one <laughs> gotta remember that opening scene i do not remember it Cool and Luke. the fact that you say you'll take a general answer has me down to two <laughs> basic categories you can't, you can't just write a crime. And we, and we all know how I do on 50-50s lately. Okay, I have an answer. I, I'm going to be very vague because I, I think I know, but I, I can't think of the specificity of it. Okay. Jeff, how are you feeling? I've got an answer. Okay. Looks like everybody's in, so let's start with uh, Neil this time. Uh, I went, it had to do with um, driving or traffic. Okay. <laughs> Uh, just based on the scene he has with the uh, sheriff yeah i don't know anything about it but uh, i figured he's a cool guy maybe he does some gambling so i put gambling okay i thought about gambling when ken said it didn't have to be very specific there's a a lot of different kinds of assault too but there's also a a lot of kinds of robbery so i said robbery all right so what we were looking for was a form of vandalism Mm. he's actually initially uh drunk and cutting the heads off of parking meters (laughs) neil uh that just came to you once i said it 
Yeah. No, no, you said parking now, meters. Now you yeah. remember the scene, yeah. yeah. I just don't, I didn't even think of that as being like why he went to jail. I always know he's in jail. I just never really remember why he went to jail. For being a miscreant. <laughs> Could I have answered with that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Moving on to question four. What nautical themed American Hockey League team hails from Milwaukee and sports the colors blue, gray, and white? AHL is that even that's not NHL right that's America that's the, <laughs> that's, not uh, the NHL. that's the AHL it's below the NHL that's the farm teams pretty much is that what the wolves are in yes oh, okay and then I have I have no idea it's nautical themed they sport blue gray and white They're from Minnesota Milwaukee 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 everybody's in let's go with Matt sure uh I have no idea uh I was thinking Milwaukee probably starts with an M, and then I couldn't think of anything nautical with an M. Uh, so, and I just put narwhal because I wish there was a team named the narwhals. That That's would cool. be cool. I like that. Neil? I just want pirates. Okay. Um, I was between a few um, until I figured out that it was an AHL team. I knew it wasn't the Hartford Whalers, which I, mm-hmm. rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought maybe it could be Pirates, and then I was on the same train as Matt where I thought it should start with an M, so I thought maybe Marauders. Mm. But then I just settled on uh, Mariners just because okay. they share colors with the Mariners, too. Hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, they are the Milwaukee Admirals. Oh, not even close. Go Pirates! <laughs> All right, moving on to question five, and this one comes from David Ruffetto. So thanks again, Dave, for the uh, questions. John Steinbeck's novel, The Grapes of Wrath... Yeah, I knew that part. ...takes its title from the lyrics of what patriotic song? American patriotic song, I should say. So it's not as hard as, as you thought it was going to be initially when I said Grapes of Wrath. Yeah, well, it's not book-related, but it's probably not born in the USA. <laughs> probably. I like that as an answer, though. Uh, I have an answer, I, and I think I'm right. Okay. Because Ken didn't write this question, so I feel like I have a shot at it. Okay. I, I um, Are you in, Jeff? Uh, I don't know, but I'll put an answer down. Okay. I'm just between... I really can't think of anything uh, other than America the Beautiful and Oh Susanna for some reason. <laughs> so I don't think it's Oh Susanna because I'm trying to say Grapes of Wrath and like a twang. It's not working. It's not working. No. So I'm just going to go with America the Beautiful. Okay. Of all the ones I could think of without or with lyrics, uh, I couldn't think of a single one that fit. Um, but I just want God Bless America Okay. because mm. I couldn't remember all of the lyrics to that one. I'm afraid the, those songs are probably a little too contemporary. But uh, Yeah, uh, I put America the Beautiful. Okay. It's actually going to be the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Oh, oh great song. song. Great song. You know, John Brown's Body Lies Are Burning in the Grave. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of different uh, lyrics were put to that song. I should have thought uh, about that. The Battle yeah, Hymn I'd... of the Republic is the correct answer. I figure they wouldn't put Wrath in America the Beautiful. That was always fun to play in band. That's a great song. Good drum part for that. So at the end of five questions, unfortunately, the score is Jeff with 10 and everybody else has zero, I believe. Killing uh, it. Yeah, we haven't really shown up yet. Yeah, yeah I've kind of put another tough game in front of you, but uh, hopefully we'll be able to turn it around a little bit coming up. Mm-hmm. Okay, question six. The 77th Academy Awards in 2004 marked the first occasion where the role of an Oscar-winning actress resulted in an Oscar for the actress portraying her. Name either actress. So to, so to clarify, the character in the film was an Oscar-winning actress, and the person who played her also won an Oscar for the role. Mm. I'm in. So either actress. I'm awake. Is oh. it okay if I give these guys the hint of the, the film? I don't care. That's fine. The film is The Aviator. Uh, I'm still mm. not going to get there. 
Show me the blueprints. Show me the blueprints. I've never seen The Aviator. It's like the only Scorsese film I haven't seen. That's a DiCaprio, right? Yeah. yeah you probably didn't win Best Actress. If you want a five-second <laughs> five synopsis. Um, I don't. It's I'll, about the uh, that crazy billionaire or millionaire. Well, it's Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes, yeah. yeah. Um, but if you just turn to your left and look at the jar of pee in the corner, then that'll pretty much give you <laughs> the, the idea of what the movie's about. Yeah. Yeah, I had an answer, crossed it out, and then put down a different answer from a different era. So I have an answer. I have, a, I have an answer, which is completely wrong. But yeah, All we're right, good. let's start with Jeff. I went Greta Garbo. Oh. Okay, it's good, good, good guess. So <laughs> Howard Hughes is 1920s and 30s era, and I was thinking, I don't know, I had no real clue there. So I just went with Nicole Kidman. As the actress, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, the Oscar was won by Kate Blanchett, mm. uh, who would go on to win her second for Blue Jasmine, but she portrayed Katherine Hepburn. Both answers are correct. Oh, I had Audrey Hepburn at one point, so I was halfway there. Should have just put Hepburn. Yeah. <laughs> Probably would have given it to you. <laughs> yeah. Being vague is best. She's won the most, so you got a good chance yeah. there, one in five. Okay, moving on. Question seven. What species of whale is not only the largest of the toothed whales, but also the largest toothed predator? I have the answer ready. Hmm. Largest toothed predator, period, but also I'm, the largest toothed whale. I'm going to be super annoying about it. I think I'm between two, and I'm just wondering if the one that I'm thinking of needs a toothbrush or not, and that's really where the issue lies. I have a couple of whales. I, the, the word predator <laughs> is sticking out to me because I, mm-hmm. I don't know if one of them is a predator. I think it's just, it's just big and like lumbers around, but... Well, all you have to do to be a predator is, you know, eat something else. Eat, eat something else. Eat something that's an animal. That's not a plant. So yeah. we're all predators, more or less. <laughs> Hopefully, Chris Hansen doesn't. Oh, no, more specifically, yeah. <laughs> eat something that's considered an animal. I think Jeff's correct. Those whalers are out to catch a predator. So, like I said, I don't know if the two whales. I don't know if they're considered predators. I'm just going to go with the easy answer, even though Ken's game has not been easy, and I just feel like it's <laughs> yeah, too. Sorry. <laughs> so I'm just going to. I got an answer. Yeah. Okay, uh, Neil. I don't like it. I just put killer whale. Uh, I believe killer whales are dolphins. They're not even whales. And I believe that this answer was already said in the episode, but I'm not 100% sure, and I went narwhal. Hmm. I, uh, I was between if blue whales had teeth or not, and I don't think they do, so I said orca. Unfortunately, it is the sperm whale. <laughs> oh, I had, I had sperm whale right here, and I crossed it out. When in doubt, go sperm. That's what all You'd our moms to, said. But but the narwhal horn is a tooth. Sperm whale is a bigger. Is a whale smaller or larger than a narwhal? They are larger, but you said largest teeth. No. No, no. He said the largest whale tooth that has teeth. Predator. Yeah. Okay. Fair isn't, enough. Isn't a narwhal? Then I misheard. Fictional? No, they're no. real. Not the one with the unicorn <laughs> horn? No, they're, they're real. They're real. What's the one from the um, stop motion? Uh, Rud- uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. That has like the unicorn head, and he's like, "Is that a narwhal with a unicorn head?" Narwhals are real. And narwhals they have a horn. are real, and they look like that. Oh, <laughs> okay. You learn something new every day. <laughs> oh, I'm like, are you doing a bit? What is this? <laughs> you never know. <laughs> okay, the inventor of what common musical instrument was subject to many near-death experiences in his childhood, including, but not limited to, he had fallen from a height of three floors, hit his head on a stone could barely stand afterwards he burnt himself seriously on a gunpowder explosion he survived poisoning and suffocation in his own bedroom where varnished items were being kept and 
He fell into a river and barely survived. He was also, unfortunately, named Adolf. Oh. So what is the musical instrument that he invented? Oh. And he said it was a common instrument. Yeah, it's like it's a one that you would easily find in an orchestra. Okay. I think I'm good. Or I, maybe I shouldn't say orchestra. No, because I think it's, you're it's wrong. A common, it's a common band instrument. So you said, okay, so he fell down three floors, was burnt, poisoned, and fell in a river. And, yeah, nearly poisoned by varnish. <laughs> and Jeff subtly gave a clue that it may or may not be in an orchestra. It may or may not. It's, it's a very common band, band instrument. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with my go-to, I don't know the answer for orchestra instrument and put something down. My, my hint may be wrong, though, because I I'm don't. not certain. Oh, so it turns out that Jeff so, repairs instruments. So just based on some uh, pretty, pretty basic research, it, it does show that it can be part of an orchestra, too. Okay, I have an answer. I feel... It doesn't, it's not necessarily excluded from an orchestra. I feel better about it. Did you say um, he was poisoned by varnish? Yeah, he slept in a room where varnished items were kept. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that would make it shiny. So those are really not not clues. <laughs> no, that's not a good clue. You're saying he had a rough life. <laughs> I'm just saying he had a rough life. Yeah. Poor guy. So Jetson, Matson, um, I'm just like I said, I'm between the brass instruments, 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 <laughs> instruments, um, just because of the original clue of it might not. He he did also invent several less common instruments but i'm just looking for the most basic then i am definitely certain of my answer like the recorder so i'm between trumpet trombone tuba french horn and baritone um i don't think it's baritone or french horn just because they're a little bit more um detailed so i'm between trombone and trumpet trumpet feels too easy trombone seems like a funny instrument that a guy who almost died like seven (laughs) times would invent because it's such a, a kooky instrument. So it's going to go tromb- <laughs> trombone. Okay. Uh, I went based on uh, Ken's love of ska music, trumpet. Okay. This is based purely on the fact that I know that the inventor's first name was Adolf and nothing else. Don't know anything about the clues. I went with Adolf Sax. Mm-hmm. And he invented The what? saxophone. Okay. <laughs> yes, the answer is the saxophone. Uh, Adolf Sax. Ah, woodwind. Okay. I was hoping it was Adolf Casio, and he invented the Casio keyboard. <laughs> the saxophone is Casio's also a, a Japanese, uh, you know, in common scopy. piece in a scopy. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, moving on to the next question. In the film Casablanca, of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world, she walks into, wait, what was it called again? I'm in. I don't know how specific you want it to be. But... Uh, I don't need it to be that specific. I went pretty vague. Okay. You can go, oh, you can go vague on this. To be fair, I don't know if it's right, but yeah. I went vague. Yeah, I have an answer. I don't know at all. Okay, uh, let's go with Jeff. What, Sam's? Sam's, okay. I thought the guy's name was Jerry, so I put Jerry's. Jerry's. I went with Rick's. Rick's. So, uh, Humphrey Bogart's character's name is Rick. <laughs> it's Rick's Cafe American. Yeah, I was going right. to say Rick's American Cafe, but I didn't go that specific. Yeah, I, I watched it once uh, on a first date, and I made fun of it the whole time, and then at the end, she told me it was her favorite movie. <laughs> And there the was, movie's great. Why would you be making fun of Casablanca? Because I was 18 and I thought it would be really funny this to make last fun of <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his name is Rick. Crap. Mm. I couldn't remember his name. Pickle Rick. What did you say, Jeff? Sam. Oh, you, you were thinking of the misquoted line played against Sam. Could have been. That is. Yeah. Or it was uh, Cheers. No, definitely not thinking of Cheers. Sam is the piano player. Though. Yeah, he's the mm. pianist. What was that? 
<laughs> Again, I thought we were going to get away with that one. Uh, All right, moving on. This is kind of another film question. What is the name of the sorcerer in Disney's Fantasia? Oof. The name is an homage to the producer of the film. So in The Sorcerer's Apprentice, as part of Fantasia, that guy has a name, and it's a clear homage to the producer of the film. Hmm. I mean, I'm guessing the producer would be Walt Disney, because it's his movie, so... Um, I can't think of, I mean, unless his name's Walter. Yeah. All right. Listen up, guys. I'm listening. Take the name of the producer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then think about it backwards. Oh. oh. Yeah, I've got it. Oh, I see. Well, that's not a name. <laughs> <laughs> it's the name of the sorcerer. Oh, <laughs> uh, I got it. I got an answer. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm in. Okay. You, you <laughs> We're got all it, bad Jeff. at this. Yeah, I'm good. All right. Let's start with Matt. So I, <laughs> after many, many clues, I just put uh, Yen Sid as Disney backwards. Yen Sid. Jeff? I also put Yen Sid, which Yen is Sid. Disney backwards. Neil? I also put Yen Sid. Yen Sid is correct. Yeah. Thank you for those 10 points. <laughs> all right. No problem, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely a hard question. I knew that going in, but uh, I thought that was pretty interesting, mm-hmm. and that's good to have in your back pocket for uh, for future trivia. So, mm-hmm. All right, and at the end of the first round, we have Jeff with 30, Neil with 30, and Matt with 10. Yeah. Yeah, kind of a tough first round here. Hopefully, we'll be able to bolster our scores with the uh, halftime questions here. And today, we are going to be doing badass quotes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read a quotation I would like you to just tell me who said it. How many? Five for 10 points apiece. Yes. Oh, wow. A lot of pressure on these at 10 is points this, apiece. Is this uh, film, everything, pop culture, uh, life? It's, uh, it's, is it a it's potpourri? More, it's more philosophical and uh, mm. historical. Well, but I'm not. I'm philosophical, not, I'm I'm down. not saying film is necessarily excluded. Right. Okay, just who said it? Who said it? Whose line is it anyway? And they're pretty badass quotes. All right, number one. Whoever fights monsters should see that in the process he does not become a monster. And if you gaze long enough into an abyss, the abyss will gaze back into you. Mm. I've heard that quote. Nope. Don't know who said it. That was not ringing a bell. Number two. Okay, number two. Before you embark on a journey of revenge, dig two graves. Okay, number three. The death of one man is a tragedy. The death of millions is a statistic. I have a very twisted answer for this one. Okay, number four. The unforgivable crime is soft hitting. Do not hit at all if it can be avoided, but never hit softly. I think I'm going to get every one of these wrong, but my answers are all solid. And number five. I fear not the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks once but I fear the man who has practiced one kick 10,000 times. I'm going to answer the same for all of them, and I think I'll get one of them. <laughs> all right, so that's, once again, five questions for 10 points apiece. Okay, a quick run-through of these quotes one more time. Number one, whoever fights monsters should see that in the process he does not become a monster, and if you gaze long enough into an abyss, the abyss will gaze back into you. Number two, Before you embark on a journey of revenge, dig two graves. Three, the death of one man is a tragedy. The death of millions is a statistic. Four, the unforgivable crime is soft hitting. 
Do not hit at all if it can be avoided, but never hit softly. 5. I fear not the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks once, but I fear the man who has practiced one kick 10,000 times. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey there. I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay. I have an answer for every single one of these. Sure. Good. That's not uncharacteristic and also kind of fits, but it's probably definitely wrong. Informed, but uh, not positive. Correct. Mm -hmm. Not informed. Mine are all informed, and I can tell you what my, where my logic is for all of them. So Immediately my head goes to movies, but then I know movies <coughs> aren't movies. So Yeah, these are tough ones for me. None of these are film quotes. Right. Uh, but I figured that but out. But that's not necess- that doesn't necessarily mean that none of them are film adjacent. Okay. If you want to play the odds, a lot of quotes are misattributed to Winston Churchill, so just write him five times. <laughs> and again, I don't uh, necessarily endorse the... Uh, the content of the quotes. Like However, the, they are all badass. Like the mass genocide in question three? Yes, correct. That That's specifically what I was referencing. Hashtag not for genocide. Okay. Uh, looks like all answers are in. So let's uh, go around. Uh, fighting monsters. Who uh, who did you think that was, Matt? <laughs> I had changed it and I just put Aristotle. Cause I okay. don't know. All I could get in my head was the uh, the quote in The Dark Knight when Harvey Dent's like, you know, live long enough to become the villain or whatever. So I put Harvey Dent. Oh. Harvey Dent. I was uh, along the same lines as Matt. I was thinking it was definitely an ancient Greek um, who wrote the most about monsters. In my, in, you know, my personal opinion was Homer. So I put Homer. Okay. Oh. Well, uh, Harvey Dent is correct. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the uh, correct answer is Nietzsche. Oh. oh, that makes sense. All right. Moving on. Do you, to... know, what, uh, do you know what book that's from? Uh, no, I'm not not positive. Right I, off the I top just want to know if I, because I've read a few. So, yeah. All right, number two, embarking on a journey of revenge, dig two graves. Uh, what did we have, Jeff? I originally thought it might be Buddha, uh, but then I decided that I would go more for an eye for an eye direction, and I went Confucius. Confucius. Yeah. I just said old boy. Old boy. Mm, I changed it three times and landed on Karl Marx. Okay, the correct answer is Confucius. Uh, ah. Yeah. I said they were, these weren't film quotes, Neil. <laughs> no, I, those are the only two I didn't have good guesses oh, okay. for. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not uh, unhappy about that. I feel like I should have gotten the Nietzsche question, but uh. all right. The death of one man is a tragedy. Death of millions is a statistic. What do we have, Neil? I think I've heard this before, and I just for some reason it was you know like pinging in the back of my brain. I put Stalin. Stalin. Mm, I had FDR. FDR. There are many crazed despots, um, but I went Stalin. Stalin is correct. <laughs> FDR is not correct at all. He wasn't. All right. a, he wasn't super into genocide. Yeah, just kind of. Here comes a uh, presidential one. No, he's just about locking the unforgivable Japanese. crime of soft hitting. Who said that one? 
It says a presidential one. Well, it's my presidential. My Mr. Miyagi is very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, I feel like that might be a quote that is mis or that uh, people confuse with uh, carry a big stick or whatever. So I put Teddy Roosevelt. Okay. I also was thinking along the lines of if a man could box a kangaroo and speak softly and carry a big stick, he could have said this. I yeah, want he Teddy probably, Roosevelt. probably doesn't hit softly. It is Teddy Roosevelt. Hmm. He was shot during a speech. Continued the speech before getting medical treatment. And uh, who said the thing about the 10,000 kicks? Um, I just went with um, the man who uh, liked to live his life as water. And I put Bruce Lee. Um, so I was thinking back to China uh, and on philosophers. Um, it's a very Taoist thing to walk 10,000 steps, read 10,000 books. So I went with Lao Tzu. Mm. Okay. Yeah, uh, I put Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee is correct. Yeah. <laughs> I really thought I was getting the, shut out The man out who there. liked to live his life uh, as water. Well, yeah, because... He, he, he wasn't gender fluid. He was fluid gender. True. Yeah, he was just fluid. He was hashtag fluid. <laughs> Have you ever heard that? Yeah, Google. Yes, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I'm just playing around. Yeah, look up that video about him talking about water. It's uh, it's really good. And uh, I know, uh, you know, our favorite character from Cowboy Bebop, Spike Spiegel, also adopts that uh, same philosophy. Right, Jeff? Yep. Throw, throw that in there for you. Okay, so at the end of the swing round, uh, Jeff was able to double his score to 60. Neil did the same. And, uh, I also Matt, did the same. <laughs> Matt also doubled his score, and he <laughs> went up to 20. So good, uh, good job, you guys. Moving on to round two. Stanley Kubrick famously received a fan letter and agonized over a reply for months. By the time he had finally drafted a response he was satisfied with, the recipient had unfortunately died. What famous director who passed away in 1998 was the intended recipient? Mm. So just imagine Stanley Kubrick, the uh, powerful director that he is, freaking out over this fan letter. Yeah. He died shortly thereafter too, right? Correct, 2000? yes. Um, Following Eyes Wide Shut? Uh, during the editing of Eyes Wide Shut, I believe. Yeah. This is really not a question for me, and all I can think of is Stan by Eminem. And just uh, <laughs> uh, Mr. I'm too good to call or write my fans. So the key here is to consider what director Kubrick would consider so great. Right. As yeah. to be even greater than himself, which I think. Uh, I have an answer. I just. I have a feeling when I hear the answer, it's going to be someone I've never heard of. I'm too tired to, to kind of go through my Rolodex, so I'm in. Maybe you should <laughs> just roll with. Uh, with your gut today yeah My i'm in okay what did we have matt coppola coppola i put coppola coppola uh still breathing um <laughs> shout out to francis ford um even so though, even though these gentlemen think uh, uh think you're rolling in your grave well i was referring to sophia and i was his career might be dead his career might be dead she's very but, much alive um so i only picked i picked a director that um i know for a fact that um steven spielberg and martin scorsese revere highly and uh kubrick did and if spielberg loved stanley kubrick enough to write him letters back and forth and had dinner with this guy as his favorite one of his favorite film directors then i would think it would be uh, akira kurosawa it is Akira Kurosawa. Mm-hmm. That makes Good a lot of meal. sense. Yep. And I was right in that I don't know who that is. Seven Samurai. Ah. That makes a lot, a lot of sense. Basically, every film is based on an old uh, Kurosawa film. Good to know. Up to and including Star Wars. Okay, moving on to question two. 
And this is, again, kind of more of a fun fact, so listen for the, the hints here. According to BBC News, about 3,500 music fans were pulled for Planet Rock Radio in 2005. The goal was to vote for a singer, bassist, guitarist, and drummer to create an imaginary supergroup. The results were surprising, however, as they accidentally created what pre-existing heavy rock ensemble. To, to be Here. clear, the, the poll was UK-based. Mm -hmm. Do you want to see that I already wrote an answer so that you know I'm not cheating? Uh, okay, I'm in. What pre-existing heavy rock ensemble? I think I'm good. Okay. Oh, so when I when I go in my head through supergroups, I think of bands like uh, the Traveling Wilburys. I think of bands like uh, Cream, uh, Traffic with Steve Winwood. Chicken Foot. <laughs> <laughs> Could be Chicken Foot. Um, Dream Car. There's a there's a Matt there. There's Dream a car. there's a couple <laughs> of metal bands that are like that. Um, Crosby Steals racing. Nash Young. Yeah, that was that was definitely the goal of the uh, the poll, but it went haywire. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know anything Looks anymore. like everybody's in. <laughs> Let's uh, start with uh, Jeff here. So I think it, when he said heavy, that ruled out for me the Beatles, because I was thinking maybe it could be the Beatles. Um, but as we all know, and the Beatles will admit to, that Ringo Starr isn't even the best drummer in the Beatles. So I went Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. Oh, my Neil? God. So it was between two for me, because I, I, I would have gone Freddie Mercury, but the, the band Queen, it's really known for their Brian May and Freddie Mercury, the guitarist and the singer. Dr. Then, Brian May. Then I went to the who um because uh every instrument you know every person in that band is just a, a great instrumentalist but they're not as heavy and then i went to robert plant uh jimmy page john bonham and i forget the name of the uh bass player who's amazing but i went with led zeppelin as well yeah, led okay. zeppelin's right uh, i said i was thinking super groups because that's all i could think of after you said that and then i just put audio slave yeah uh, led zeppelin is correct um actually uh i think uh, freddie mercury was second voted uh, in the vocal side of that poll so maybe a little silly but uh that that's what happened all right moving on to question three and uh forgive me if i'm uh if i'm pr mispronouncing your name guy julie jonas or bonus a phd candidate at the royal college of art in london designed a roller coaster in 2010 as an art concept Ultimately, it will likely not enter production, as it is specifically designed to have what effect on its riders? I have an answer. So this is an art concept roller coaster design. I don't know what that means. <laughs> so if it's based off a like a Mobius strip, that wouldn't be possible. It would be cool. It's like, what it's like effect, Banksy graffiti. What effect on its, uh, its riders? Okay, I'm in. Okay, everybody's in? Mm-hmm. All right, Matt, you want to start us off? That'd be pretty mean to make a roller coaster that would make you feel vertigo. Vertigo. Okay. Neil? I just put death. Death. <laughs> Kills its riders? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I put make them sick. Um, yeah. Make, make them sick. Uh, well, Jeff, I'm a little surprised at you because we've discussed this in the past. It is a euthanasia roller coaster. It kills its riders. You're right, Neil. I so figured if it was art, high art, it would be uh, the, the greatest death would be to go over a nice loop-de-loop. Uh, -loop. It, it takes you down a 500-meter uh, drop. <laughs> <laughs> takes you down a 500-meter drop, puts you through seven shrinking inversions, and uh, puts 10 Gs on you, making you black out and uh, prevents you from breathing and uh, dumps you off at the end. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember 
discussing this, but <coughs> well, the reason I went death is all I could get in my head was playing roller coaster tycoon. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was the best part, and always and never finishing the roller that's, coaster. That's what, that's what you did. So basically, I usually, basically I usually this... did like a rocket launch with a loop, and then it just shot straight off in a forty-five <laughs> so, degree. So basically, for his PhD. Uh, this guy basically did what we've been doing in Roller Coaster Tycoon <laughs> since we were little. All right, moving on to question four. Known for their 2011 hit, Pumped Up Kicks, among others, wait, don't write, no, the please. band Foster the People were almost known by another name. Luckily, you can recreate that other name by adding a single word to their current title. So what word is that? And it comes after the word Foster. I thought we were so close to an answer I could get right. Oh, I was like, I was like, foster the people. Please. <laughs> we or I thought so maybe you were going to ask a question about how it got like radio play uh, diminished because of the incidents that happened at the Sandy Elementary, yeah. Sandy Oak Elementary. Yeah, I mean, I have a word written down, so that would be a good start. Yeah, it's a word. Kind of makes sense. Just one word. Yep. <laughs> All right, I have a guess. Nice. Okay. Cool. Doesn't sound like a cool band name, but no. But neither does foster the people, to be honest. That's true, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do we have, uh, Neil? Uh, I put foster home the people. Okay. Uh, that makes more sense. I thought about putting foster beer the people, but uh, I decided on foster home the people. No. Okay. <laughs> foster kids the people. There's a comment. The yeah. answer we were looking for is the very simple foster and the people. Oh, my God. Oh. Who, so foster's a guy? Yeah. Foster's the... Uh, Mark Foster is the... Uh, Oh. The uh, one of the editors at work says that I look like Mark Foster, which I don't really know what he looks like. And they would be the people then. The backing band. Okay, question five. This is a listener submitted question from Dan Miller. So thanks to my buddy Dan. From 1992 through 2016, uh, four different movie franchises have been able to take the highest grossing. Uh, movie of the year spot in the North American box office at least twice. Star Wars was able to do this on four occasions 2016, 15, 05, 1999. So that makes three others that were able to take the spot twice. So name one of the other three franchises. Mm-hmm. I have, uh, I have good in. ideas here, uh, but I'm in. Uh, just for clarification for everyone, I guess for the listeners too, it, it does a franchise in this instance also mean a cinematic universe no no okay Mul- that's multi- all i wanted to multiple know. movies number I had one to, two i had to gut check on that myself well i'm just because people call that a franchise and yeah. it's not so i yeah i think i have an answer we're not talking cinematic universes okay i'm in yep we're looking at you marvel and dc <laughs> yeah all right everybody's in let's mm-hmm. start with jeff i went with a playing the numbers strategy and i went the fast and the furious yeah fast and the furious okay uh, so I was between uh, The Fast and the Furious, um, Lord of the Rings, which I chose not to say on purpose, and I went with Harry Potter. I can't believe I Harry forgot Potter. those two. So I was thinking Fast and the Furious, Hunger Games was another one I was thinking of, um, but I did decide to say Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. All right, so the other Please three franchises three. are Spider-Man, 2007 with Spider-Man mm-hmm. 3, oh. 2002 with uh, the original Spider-Man. Toy Story, Ooh, 2010, Toy Story, Toy Story 3, and two, uh, 1995 for Toy Story. And the last one is Harry Potter, oh, Harry 2011 Potter. for Deathly Hallows Part 2, 2001 for Sorcerer's Stone. <laughs> so, yeah, despite uh, the popularity of Fast and the Furious and Lord of the Rings, 
fortunately, uh, that spot is just too hard to claim. Yeah. I can't believe it's Spider-Man. That's really surprising. I know the, the first Spider-Man grossed like a ton. Oh, yeah. But... Those were huge. Yeah. Well, like the the like Fast 7 and Fast 8 made like hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. But they are also up against Marvel movies and some of those other movies yeah. that made. Yeah. All the, there's a lot of competition for, for blockbusters, mm-hmm. and especially if those Fast and the Furious might have come out, uh, you know, alongside some of those star wars movies yeah. so okay so after question five neil is at 100 bringing up the uh the front spot jeff is at 70 and matt where are you at uh roughly 20 20 so it's hard to keep scoring Rough, when, these, when these points are flying on the board all right so moving on to question six rum punch is a 1992 novel written by elmore leonard it became much better known by being adapted into what third film of a famous controversial and bloody director i'm in hmm it's the third film of a famous controversial and bloody director maybe not quite as controversial as some of the other controversial directors i brought up yeah not anymore yeah he's he's more accepted i would think now okay i have an answer all right let's start with jeff on this one so i had i had no basis so I went in the complete opposite direction, and I said, it's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. That, uh, that's not quite what we were looking <laughs> for there, Jeff. Uh, the, let's the, go to Matt. The bloody classic. Uh, I just put, uh, I, well, I originally I thought, I have no idea. So I put House of, was it a Thousand Daggers, Flying Daggers, something along those lines. House of Flying Daggers? Yeah. Okay. Uh, just to piggyback on Jeff, so every time a bell rings, an angel's wings are forcibly removed, <laughs> and they're bloody. The, the classic uh, Christmas bloody uh, romp along with Santa's sleigh, Krampus, and It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, so I went with uh, a film that uh, he was inspired to make by his love of black exploitation and uh, the film Foxy Brown. I went with Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown by Quentin Tarantino oh, is correct. Tarantino. Yep. It's the only Tarantino movie I haven't seen. I was thinking Rodriguez Probably. first anyway, and I got nowhere with that. Probably don't need to see it. That's kind of what I figured. Oh, come on, Neil. It's, it's, it's probably his weakest movie. All right. <laughs> Moving on to some history. What leading figure in the Mexican Revolution and leader of the Peasant Re- Revolution in Morelos was ultimately gunned down in 1919 as an act of betrayal? Yeah, okay. sure. I don't, have, I, I don't even know if this is an actual person, but I wrote an answer down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's start with Neil. I went with Pancho Villa. Okay. Oh, I went with uh, Santa Ana. Okay. It might be Pancho Villa, but I put Emiliano Zapata. Emiliano Zapata Salazar is correct. Yes. Uh-huh. Is Pancho Villa a real person, right? Yes, he is. Okay. Santa Ana is a real person, maybe? Yes. All right. All, all real people that we Yay! brought down. We're doing it. We're on our way. So I believe Santa Ana was involved in the Mexican-American War. Oh. Uh, Emiliano Zapata was in the Mexican Revolution. And what did you say, Pancho Villa? Yeah. I think he was also in the Mexican Revolution. Hmm. Not okay. positive on that one, though. Have to look that up. Okay, moving on to the next question. If you were to perform an exercise known as a Russian swing, what piece of equipment would you typically have in your hands? I'm talking about physical exertion exercise. Okay. Jeff, you spend some time at the gym on occasion. I do. You have an idea? I, I, I go to the gym and I do things. Okay. I don't know if they have names for those things, yeah. but I do things. Drawing a blank. If it turns out to be hockey stick, I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> This is okay. this is not literally c- an exercise. It's not. Uh... I, I I'm in. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, start with Jeff. Yeah, I figured it was a kettlebell. Kettle kettle bell. Bell. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I don't with, actually know. I went with a kettle ball. Kettle ball. Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought most things when you're swinging they involve a kettle bell. It is kettle bell. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's what I wrote. More exercise questions. I'm one for one on those. So uh, points to Matt and Jeff on that. It's called a kettlebell? Yeah. Yeah. Kettlebell. Isabel, I had that like split second though in my head where I'm like, is it though? Well, when he said kettleball, and I was like, oh, have I been saying this wrong for years? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had hmm. the same like gut check. Yeah. Okay, question nine, and it's lyrics. I'm going to read the lyrics. Tell me what song it is. She's coming in, 1230 flight. The moonlit wings reflect the stars that guide me towards salvation. I feel like if I had this in cadence, I would know it. One more time. I'm going to do it again. Somewhat in cadence. She's coming in. 1230 flight. The moonlit wings reflect the stars that guide me towards salvation. I got it. I'm in. Okay. Let's start with Neil as he was pretty uh, pretty confident here. Uh, I forget the lyric. There's nothing more than 100 men or more could do. Uh, Africa by Toto. Africa by Toto. That's another Matt. Toto answer. I... Th- <laughs> I was thinking Rocket Man. Rocket Man. That would have, that would have been funny. <laughs> I went Brick by Ben Folds 5. Brick. Uh, it is Africa by Toto. God. This is Neil's round. Why does this song come up so often in trivia? Because it's, it's goofy. It's, it's not a good song, though. Toto's actually a super group, but only in the sense that all of their fathers were successful musicians before them. Good to know. Okay. And last question of the uh, standard grounds. Ray Kroc began posting the number of total hamburgers sold on its signs in 1955 when he bought the first McDonald's franchise in Des Plaines, Illinois. So at that time, I would like to know the number that he posted on the sign, and uh, it might be a high estimate. Yeah, I... Hmm. Or it seems like a high estimate. I I couldn't uh, possibly know the uh, real figure, so... So McDonald's had already been around a while when he bought the franchise, Correct. basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, there were the, the McDonald's, McDonald's brothers, brothers in California. It could, it could very well be true. Thinking about it, it seems maybe high. The but Founder is one of the movies yeah. I've seen. So I've not seen that. It's good. Yeah. I don't want to be depressed. I could uh, have been rich. <laughs> well, you could be a snake and just change the business into something else you want it to be, and you'll be fine. All right. Are we all in? Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, let's start with uh, Matt here. I think the original sign said over 1 million sold. 1 million? Neil? Uh, currently, I, I think it's like something like 2 billion or something. And I just figured if it was 55, 1 million would be a pretty high number. So I put 1 million. 1 million? Um, I think, didn't they kind of stop after that? Doesn't it just say like over, I think it says either over billions 99 billion billions serve or yeah. whatever? Over nine, 99 billion. I think it says over 99 billion now. Um, but if he was being a little bit optimistic, I would think over 1 million served. 1 million is correct. Yeah. Okay. At the end of round two, it looks like Neil is in the lead with a pretty strong 130, actually, after a tough first round. 130 for Neil. Jeff is in second place with 100. And uh, Matt's having a little bit of a struggle today, but that's okay. We yeah. all have our tough days. Uh, he has 40 points. These are uh, decidedly not my categories. <laughs> Okay, time to enter the final round, and I will present you with the final round categories. So category number one is superlative artwork. Number two will be in spelling. Number three will be in science and music. Number four is A to Z. And number five is in romance. See what you gentlemen know about uh, What was category two? Spelling. I'm going to bet so that there's a chance I end up at zero in this game. We'll see how it goes. So what do I need to bet to stay above 80 if you get it all right? (laughs) 
I wouldn't. I wouldn't be concerned with that. You need to bet eighty to make Neil sure. Neil is one hundred percent in it for for the win. He should be. This is his game so far. Don't don't hit softly. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Okay, and after some deliberation, the wagers are in, and I will now read the final round questions. So number one for superlative artwork. I'm going to just give you a description of three pieces of artwork that are widely considered the tallest in their category. I just want to know what form of art these are. Mm. So the first one is in Alert Bay, British Columbia, and stands at 173 feet. It is composed of two or three pieces. The second one is in McKinleyville, California, at 160 feet carved from a single redwood tree by Ernest Pearson and John Nelson. And the third one is Kalama, Washington, 149 feet, carved from a single pole by Liluska. What kind of object these are? Got it. Yes. Wish I would have bet. <clears throat> yeah, I think I might know this one. Spoilers. <laughs> okay, number two in spelling. I just want you to spell the word Segway. Not, not the brand name. Gosh darn it. Another one that I got right that I didn't bet anything on. Just spell the word segue. The You're brand right. Name. <laughs> Why did I hit softly? So uh, number three, science and music. I'm going to give you two descriptions, and I would like the answer that matches both. A condition arising from dissolved gases coming out of a solution into bubbles inside the body upon depressurization or... A Radiohead album. If I go five for five on this and lose the game, I'm going to be furious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've got the first three. Okay, number four, A to Z. What word represents the letter K in the military alphabet? What military? The U.S. military? Yes. Okay. I had initially chosen a much more difficult letter, but uh, I went with K. I can do as the... A, as a medium difficult letter. I can do them all, so... If it's not in S.H.I.E.L.D., I don't really know it. And number five, romance. What romance author wrote the books A Walk to Remember, The Notebook, and Dear John, among Ooh. eight others that have been adapted into films alone? Hmm. I used to know this. Good bet. Yeah, good bet for me, too. I'm good. I'm done. All right. I'm going to need several hours. Um, so it turned out that my final round was the, the easiest for Jeff, by far. Neil's deliberating on a question that he did not... Bet right. on? I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I wasn't going to give it a second thought. You said K, right? K. K is one I don't know. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more— we answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. Yeah. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Okay, so after some deliberation, all the answers are in. So let's find out uh, what everybody said. For question number one, which uh, I gave the descriptions of the various pieces of artwork, and I needed to know what those are. We had Jeff betting zero, Matt with zero, and Neil zero. So not a lot on the line here. So let's start with Neil. I know it's incorrect, and I've mentioned it before, that I enjoy this artwork, uh, art style. So I just put pointillism. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think aren't those carvings of giant pencils? Okay. I feel like those are totem poles. Mm. Totem poles is correct. Yeah. I, I, I was, don't know why I was going for the form. art form. I, hope, I was hoping the uh, Pacific Northwest uh, locations were going to give yep. you some hints there. Okay, number two, spelling. I simply wanted uh, you to spell the word segue, and uh, Jeff bet zero. Matt was in for 10 on this one, and Neil was in for 10 on this one. So let's start with Jeff. S-E-Q-U-E. Okay. I'm kidding. It's not, but I didn't wager anything. Okay. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Neil. Uh, the spelling is S-E-G-U-E. Mm-hmm. Okay. I also put S-E-G-U-E. Yes, the correct answer is S-E-G-U-E. All right. And number three, science and music. I was looking for the name of a certain medical condition uh, that happens upon depressurization and a Radiohead album. Looks like Jeff went hard in the paint on this one with 20, uh, Matt did 10, and Neil did zero. So let's start with Matt on that one. Yeah, I don't know anything. I just put bad gas. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. Uh, That's the Benz. The Benz. Oh, oh interesting. Uh, someone at work loves Radiohead, so I feel bad for not knowing this, but I just put OK Computer. OK, it is the Benz. <laughs> yeah. Is that a Radiohead help? help? It is, okay. yeah. It's one of the earlier ones, I believe. Mm-hmm. OK, in A to Z, I would like to know what word represents the letter K in the military alphabet. It looks like uh, Jeff went in for 10 on this one, Matt went in for 20 on this one, and Neil bet zero. So what do we have, uh, Jeff? Kilo. Kilo. Mm. Matt? Kite. Kite. I went with Kurosawa. Kurosawa is (laughs) not going to be the answer again, unfortunately. It is Kilo. And in romance, uh, looks like Jeff uh, was not very confident. He bet zero. Matt, same with zero, and Neil bet 10. So let's start with Neil there. As I shed a tear from my eye, I shout out to Nicholas Sparks. Nick Sparks, yep. Uh, I put the classic romance author, Stephen King. Stephen King. So I bet nothing, so I didn't bother to think about it, and I jokingly wrote Stephanie Meyer. Mm. Okay. And the correct answer is Nicholas Sparks. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. So I, I okay. don't need help totaling the scores. I can already tell you that I should follow Teddy Roosevelt's advice and never hit softly. 
All right. Yeah, that, that may be uh, true. Let's uh, go ahead and get the scores and find out who is the cream of the crop. In third place, we have Matt holding on to 20 points from a uh, pretty tough final round for him. <laughs> Jeff was able to pull in a few extra points and end up with 130. And our cream of the crop this week is Neil with 150. Wow. Congrats, Neil. You are the cream of the crop. I am the cream. Wow. Um, so first of all, playing from behind, tired. I texted Jeff this morning uh, about how tired I was. And uh, I was going to bet zero on everything because you would have what tied me, Jeff, right? I thought you might bet zero. I was going to. Which is to. why I, I intentionally forced tried to force a tie. I was going to bet zero. And then I was like, well, the game we played last week you know, I bet zero just as an experiment. It did not work. And I was like, I I think I know romance. And I was like, I'm pretty good at spelling except for fuselage. So I went for it. Happy I did. And uh, in the rare occurrence that I actually win solo. Definitely the worst game I ever played, but I'm coming off a victory pretty recently. So I get to stay on the show, I hope. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, uh, good job, everybody. Uh, And, uh, you know, thanks for hanging in with that pretty tough game. Uh, If you'd like to play along with our contestants at home, make sure you check out our Facebook page and download our official Triviality score sheet. We use it here in the studio, and you can, uh, you know, share a copy of your score sheet with us and talk some smack as usual. If you'd like to get in touch with any of us, find us on Twitter using the handle at TrivialityPod or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TrivialityPod. If you'd like to get in touch with us by email, uh, send all messages to TrivialityPodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, if it's question five submission, make sure you put that in the subject line along with the host that you'd like to read it. We'd love to hear more of those questions. So if you feel that uh, you'd like to support the show, aside from the rating and reviewing that you guys have been doing and the feedback we've been getting, which we very much appreciate, uh, you can support us monetarily at patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. We've got a couple different perks there, um, some thank you gifts that we send out uh, in the form of stickers. We've got a bonus episode at a certain tier uh, that comes out every month and the ability to um, do Google Hangouts and Skype with us in on the show and all those kinds of things, which we would love for you to be able to do so that we can engage with you more directly. And again, if you wanted to support us, it would be at patreon.com slash triviality podcast. Thanks, Jeff. Of course, other than spreading the word, the best way you can support the show is by rating, reviewing, and subscribing to Triviality on your favorite podcast app. And again, we are looking for our uh, road to 50 reviews and we will be doing a raffle for 10 lucky listeners after we hit that mark. And uh, next week's episode might be a little bit out of format. We're going to try something special uh, for our standard game. Uh, Probably not going to do that every time, but uh, just wanted to mix it up a little bit for your listening pleasure. And until next time, on behalf of my co-hosts, Jeff, Neil, and Matt, my name is Ken, and that was Triviality. play as time goes by you must remember this a kiss is just a kiss a sigh is just a sigh the fundamental things apply